When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Zach. Dustin. How you doing there, buddy? I'm doing so great. I'm so excited that we're finally bringing this Comic-Con exclusive show to $2 late fee. Yep. Earlier in the month, everybody, we had a little Roadhouse action. And now uh, we were very, very excited to, to basically we started a new segment called 80s Kids Unite. We brought together uh, our our friend Diallo, our friend uh, Paul London from Territory Marks, and of course, Sleazy C, uh, Corey from uh, Podcasting After Dark, your partner over there. And your partner right here. What? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You've been here the whole time? Guys, guys, I'm right here. Oh, Corey man. from Podcasting After Dark is here as well? <laughs> I am, through through the magic of the intertubes. How long have you been sitting there? Because, uh, you know, I really, normally when Zach and I record, I don't put on pants. Um, <laughs> I heard everything you said, okay. and I saw everything. All right, well, great. Okay, excellent. Well, I'm glad you're here because, uh, obviously, you're integral to this segment. And live at, at LA Comic Con this year... The five of us, we got together, we started talking about nostalgia and how can we sort of bring it back and present it, uh, you know, to to a live audience. And we did that. Um, it seemed to go pretty well. I'd say it went damn good. We had a packed house. There were people sitting on the floor. There were people on the floor hanging from the rafters. Um, people were just running in in the middle like, is this about 80s nostalgia? We're like, whoa, slow down. Pal. Hey, is Mr. Belvedere here? It really was like that. And we had to be like, yeah, he's coming later, weirdo. We even had <laughs> Nada from They Live show up. Yeah, Paul London cosplayed. It was <laughs> it was it was really amazing. And so, you know, we we collectively had a great time doing it together. And we're like, you know what? Why don't we make this a regular thing? Yeah, no, seriously, guys, it was an absolute blast uh, doing that panel. And it was actually my very first panel, and I had so much fun. I loved it, and I love the idea of us taking this, these, these topics, this sort of uh, panel discussion, all of us sort of, you know, once a month and talking about the things that we love and the things that you all love about the 80s. Right, and great point there because... Zach, this is going to be open to our patrons, right? This is going to be a regular show on a regular feed for $2 late fee and podcasting after dark once a month. And we're going to open it up to the Patreon fans. So go to patreon.com slash $2 late fee, patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. And you guys can submit suggestions for us to cover on the show with Paul London from Territory Marks and Diallo Jackson from TV Obscura. 
And just to be clear, you don't have to sign up for both Patreons. Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> well, that would be nice, though. But yeah, either uh, either or, this is going to be our first show that's our first regular show that's going to show up on both $2 Late Fee and the Podcasting After Dark feeds on a monthly basis. Yeah. So it's monumental. It's 2024. We're trying new things. You guys suggest a topic. And we will do it. Of course, you know, for this first episode, we cover a range of topics. Each of us, each all five of us came to the table with something uh, from, you know, some of us were cartoons, some of us were video games, some of us were, were toys. We had a we had a packed house and an excited, engaged audience. Yeah, you'll hear the setup for everything that we'll be discussing and maybe the reason why we brought it to the table. And with 80s Kids Unite, you're going to realize, was the thing that we nostalgically love from the 80s, was it great or did it flop? And you're going to get a few examples of that in this episode. (laughs) Was it Rob the Robot or was it Degrassi High? This is the bonus episode for $2 Late Fee and Podcasting After Dark for the month of January and moving forward. Look for this to pop up once a month on both feeds. I just got one question to ask the both of you guys. Are you ready to kickstart this nostalgia right here, right now? Yeah, baby. Kickstart that stink or nostalgia. I mean, is that how wrestlers would do it? That's not how you would do it. You'd be a little more hyped up in the ring, right? Yeah, you would. You would. I got one question to ask the both of you right now. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready for a boost of nostalgia that's going to make your back crack, (laughs) your liver quiver? (laughs) <laughs> gonna make your mean Gene Oakland sting in your body. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, brother. <laughs> and hey, look, whether you like nostalgia, whether whether there's certain things from your '80s childhood you love or don't love, we're gonna cover it all and uh, warts and all. Robbie Robot and Stinkor all in one place, ready for you right now. And a dose of Chuck Norris, who went over great, by the way. That Chuck Norris segment went over great. It did. No complaints so, from anyone. Nope. <laughs> hey, you know, I hope some, somebody brings some uh, music uh, to the table, too. Maybe we can talk about some albums or something from the 80s as well. Oh, we will. That would okay. be great. So I guess we should Tesla. probably end this with just an invitation to you guys. If you want to go and join either Patreon, you can go and throw out anything at all from 80s nostalgia. If we choose it, you get a shout out. You get top billing. Everyone will know how awesome you are, uh, especially us. So, yeah, what are you waiting for, man? Go suggest an idea. Start thinking, guys and gals. Start put those thinking caps on and start come up with some great 80s toys and nostalgia, and we'll have fun talking about it. And go to our Patreons. Links are in the show notes. And check us out. Give us some support. Give us some love. And enjoy the show. Yes. And as always, we'll catch you on the nostalgic side. And the Night Boys are coming at you. Dustin, let everyone know. Who are the Night Boys, Dustin? Who are the Night Boys? The Night Boys, spelled with a Z, uh, are the five of us. And why are we called that? Well, it's a long story. You'll just have to watch old videos or something to figure it out. (laughs) I think it's on YouTube, yeah. It came on YouTube, yeah. It came on YouTube? That's disgusting. Google it. it. Just Google it. Anyway. All right. Well, this is a disaster. Everybody enjoy. (laughs) Chuck Norris. He's got nerves of steel and strength to match. 
Steve Pepper. It's too dangerous, Chuck. What? Too much. Too much. Kimo the Samurai Warrior. Reed, Chuck's Teenage Apprentice. Tabe, the Sumo Champion. With Chuck Norris, they battle the sinister forces of the Claw. Remember this. And the ruthless Super Ninja. I'll finish Norris. Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. All right, that's what this is all about, everybody. It's uh, nostalgia and greatest. <laughs> um, Dustin and I, $2 late fee, we talk a lot about pop culture of the 80s, everything we love about the 80s, the movies, the music, the toys, the commercials, et cetera, et cetera. And especially the commercials. Especially, and we thought, why don't we do a panel about the things we love, or maybe things that we didn't love, things that hit and didn't hit. Um, <laughs> each of us selected a couple things from the 80s we're gonna talk about. If we get to them all, great. If not, we'll bag it. But we're gonna do our best to try to get all of them today. But Dustin, do you wanna start us off with your love of the 80s and whatnot? The year was 1985. There was a lot of uh, a lot of word coming in from the east via telegram, the Pony Express, uh, about a revolutionary new game system. Nay, a game robot, a robotic machine that would be changing the lives of all of America via Japan. The message boards were crazy that year in 85. <laughs> and um, you can imagine me as a, as a seven-year-old uh, coming home from school, putting on Thundercats. I'm really impressed. Thank you guys for being here. I, I want to interrupt. Yes. This, this is really, yeah. this is really Thank awesome. Thank you all. Uh, We've had pounds from giant celebrities. There's like six people in the room. We're talking about Thundercats and everyone in the world comes in. So uh, clearly our branding is, something's off. But anyway, um, so, you know, I sit down, watch the Thundercats, and on the television comes, what's up? Will it be you? Will your family be the first to witness the birth of the incredible Nintendo Entertainment System? The first to play with Rob, the extraordinary video robot. He follows the commands you put on screen so you get to the dynamite before it explodes. Will you be the first to raise the incredibly accurate zapper and play games like Duck Hunt and Hogan's Alley? The first to get all this in one package, the Nintendo Entertainment System. The first to move video action off the TV screen. Yeah! Woo! Okay, wow, there's a, there's, a, there's a fucking robot. <laughs> Holy shit, there's a robot, you guys. I'm calling everyone I know. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy, it's crazy. I love how they also say, by the way, incredibly accurate zapper. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm telling everybody, and then, uh, you know, whatever, it's top of mind, and then we see the, the following, like two days later. What's it like? to play the Nintendo Entertainment System. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. <laughs> <laughs> The house. Who 
walk into space, you guys. The house blew up into space. That had never happened to me in my house. Never blown into space. All right, so, you know, then of course, right, can't wait for this thing to come out. We've got the robot. We've got the zapper. We've got the, uh, you know, Super, Super Mario Brothers is included, although I called it Super Mario Brothers because I lived on the East Coast. And that's, that's why I called it Super Mario Brothers, yes, too. And I, didn't, I didn't know that was an East Coast I, thing. I, I okay. didn't adapt it until now, like last month. Um, but anyway, uh, what, Rob, robotic operating buddy, so excited to see him in action as he sits on the floor and does nothing. Okay. He just, he, you know, they, they paired it with this game called Gyromite. So exciting game where you, a guy just walks around and you gotta make him not kill himself. And wow, you know, uh, never played that again. That was, that was good for two weeks. Um, anyway, and of course the zapper only works if you uh, touch the television screen pretty much. You gotta get right up into it, duck hunt. Um, and uh, at the time, guys, this was, this was being valued at, you, you had to pay $180 for the full set. That's a lot. Zapper. It included uh, an extra controller, duck hunt, and, um, and uh, you know, and Rob. Rest in peace, Rob. But Rob, the ultimate, you know, the, the, the ultimate Trojan horse, right? Because I think everybody in this room who also saw that commercial, like, we went out and we bought that thing. We're idiots. <laughs> but that's what launched the NES, you know, as we know it today. So, I, you know, I'd like to know your guys' thoughts. Paul, you okay? What's I'm just curious, what was first, Johnny Five or Rob? Because they're kind of similar, aren't they? Johnny Five oh, is a good point. It's a good Rob, point. Rob, y'all remember Johnny Five running the short circuit? Beloved Rob was first because Rob, uh, you know, was 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 Japanese. So he was he was born in eighty years. First was Japanese. <laughs> no, I mean I just mean that that's where he that's he, so the Japanese the Japanese are really angry. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, that's where Rob started. Nice. Not to be confused with Robert Cobb. Either, which does feature a Johnny Five named Optical Prime. I'm done. Uh, I wasn't privileged enough to have Robbie Rob. I wasn't. I had a 2XL that played 8-track tapes uh, that I still own. And it's amazing because his eyes blink to the beat. Um, and he plays trivia tapes. If you don't know what it is, look it up. It's a 70, so we're not going to talk about it today. I did not have Rob, though. I should clarify. I didn't have Rob either, okay? okay. I went out. I, I waited for the you know, commotion to clear. My friend, he's an idiot. He bought it. He it just sat like in the corner of his room. Because it only, dog, one game, right? It only worked with like one game, didn't it? It only it worked with two games. Oh, okay. But nobody remembers that. Yeah, yeah. I, I never had Rob, but I got uh, the power pad. Remember that one? We had to run, and I was a fat kid, so I was trying to like run and <laughs> jump over everything, and I, I think I actually lost some weight that summer, which is great. <laughs> but I, uh, I do remember, uh, you know, as far as nostalgia goes, I, uh, the reason, my selling point on, on getting the, the Nintendo is that I wanted Spy Hunter. And I told my dad, I was like, look, I won't spend all the quarters in, you know, at the arcade if you just get it for me. And he was like, sure, and I was like, oh, I, I did it. As long as you're out of my hair, you know, it's just do, do your thing, you know. So I got it for Spy Hunter, and I never had Rob, but I did have a friend who had it, and just like you, I never played it. Like I never even saw it work or even do anything. 
to the point where I was like, I don't even know what the hell this thing does. And it just pushed buttons. And considering the fact that there was only two buttons on the controller, it really had an A and a B. That's all it could really do with its plunger. Yeah, he would just kind of rotate and then drop, and you, yeah. How about this? Raise your hand if you had Rob, the robot. See? Oh, hey! And was it, raise your hand if it was worth it? Of the people who own it. I'm looking right away. You're the only one to raise your hand. still raised He raised both hands. Diallo, okay. did, did you okay. have did you have Rob? Uh, no, I didn't have Rob. I had uh, I had to like fight with my parents just to like let me spend the money that I got like a little part time job with just to buy the Nintendo, and mm -hmm. that was like a week long battle. So I got the Nintendo, and and I just kind of hunkered down and played with that. And I also had a Commodore sixty four because we were a little bougie, so eighties <laughs> <80s> bougie. <laughs> I think, I well... I laugh like that, by the way. I never <laughs> laugh like that. I laugh, but... Treasure Bushi laugh. I think it's safe to say that Rob was not a hit. It was a miss. And there are some things in nostalgia. We, on our show, $2 Lady, we talk about nostalgia is one hell of a drug. Sometimes it's something that you remember and you go, you know what, that was amazing. And it really was. Like G.I. Joe's, right? And then sometimes you're like, that was amazing, but it really wasn't amazing. Like GoBots, you know? <laughs> I still like GoBots, but I'm the same. There's a movie, though, that came out in the 80s. And, well, we'll find out whether it's a hit or a miss or the nostalgia or the hype lived up to it. Um, Paul, I mean, John Nada, sorry, do you want to set the stage for what we're about to witness? I mean, I mean you call it a movie, but I think it's uh, really just a window into the future. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when you think of Nintendo, I don't know if there are any folks out there whose kids play Nintendo, not to age anybody, but was there a fear that your child, instead of befriending flesh and blood, they were going to befriend the robots? And Rob, or Bob, if you got them on the street. <laughs> and was that fear, it, it was very real, right? They're trying to take over back then with Rob. Failed miserably. However, the attempt was there. The attempt is always there. The attempt is always there. If you grew up in the 80s, you were an outside kid. I know I was. I ate dirt. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> but kids slowly started to stay indoors more and play the Nintendo, and brains became muddy like the stuff. And it was fun in that. Is it Japan? <laughs> they come first, right, Dustin? <laughs> I'm gonna get that on a t-shirt. Yeah. So always read between the lines. Understand what's really being said to you. That's what this film is about. It's really a documentary. Let's take a look. From John Carpenter. They control what you see. They decide what you hear. Wake up! They're all about you! All around you! You think they're people, just like you. What do these things want? Why are they here? You're wrong. Dead wrong. John Carpenter's They Live Rated R. Starts fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and, um, and it still holds up today. Does it hold up today, Corey? It holds. Yeah. 
does more than hold up. Thank it's, you. It's it's scary how accurate it is, and it's scary how, as a society, we saw that movie, you know, 30 years ago, and none, we didn't do anything to change it. We just said, this is the track that we're going, and uh, and it happened. And sans the aliens, or who knows, maybe not. But yeah, that movie is fantastic. Anyone who hasn't seen it, just go out and watch it right now. It's amazing. Google it. Google it. No watch. <laughs> Diallo, what are your thoughts about They Live? Um, I. I. Uh, and your hand uh, over. Take that. Take it. Lean over here a lot. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I actually never watched uh, They Live uh, when it came out. Oh, okay. Um, so I didn't watch it until, like, well into my adulthood. Um, no. No, it's okay. It's this, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm going somewhere. Good, good. Um, so I didn't watch it till well after, so I don't have that nostalgia about it, but it, it definitely holds up, and it was so pivotal for me that I actually, um, the one line about the bubblegum, oh yeah, I actually um, did, you, none of you were there, um, but I did, <laughs> I did a, a screening for my motion, you know, some of you were there, for my motion comic uh, called Angela and the Dark, and there's a very pivotal scene in there where I use that line, like a reference for that line. And um, that, that story takes place in 2137, the year 2137, and sort of like the reference in the um, comic, motion comic, is that that's a historical movie for them. So they still acknowledge that that movie existed. So it, even though I didn't watch the movie till well into my, I'm not gonna tell you how old I am, um, 30s. it still had an impact on me years later. Nice. So. Awesome. Dustin, you've got the shades on, so. Everyone looks weird. Uh, no, look, I, uh, let's just give a shout out to, to Rowdy, Roddy Piper, the man. He shouldn't have given a good performance, right? Like, he is a wrestler, and everyone was like, wow, okay, this is going to be, oh, let's see what happens. It's John Carter. But, uh, but the man, like, owns this movie. I'm looking up like he's up there. Uh, he owns this movie. Uh, he, he is, like, the king of, like, really subtle, ass-kickery, you know, he kind of says things under his breath, and they land better than most, I feel like, he's action stars. Um, and also, just need to acknowledge this is the most epic fight sequence. If anybody hasn't seen this movie, there's a five minute. Uh, six plus. Six plus? We, we, we had timed it one time. Yeah. Of course, you know, out of sight, out of one. But uh, yeah, between, between Roddy Piper and Keith David, he just wants him to put on some sunglasses. He doesn't want to do it, so they just kick each other's ass for six minutes. And you don't see that in many places, many movies. And I also want to acknowledge really quick before uh, Paul, aka John Nada, takes over, he cosplayed as John Nada. So when many of you walked in, when he walked in, you're like, oh, this guy just went hiking and he's a mountain man. Uh, he's so much more than a mountain man. He is the <laughs> cosplayer of cosplayers for Roddy Piper the only at time LA Comic Con. cosplay. Oh, wow. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, this is. Uh, that street fight is actually a few blocks from here. It's actually. You know, you can walk there and see where this alleyway is. Um, if you watch this film, you'll see a thing it's towards the end. dollars parking lot, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you pay? What's that? Oh, that forty. Ninety dollars. Oh, nine cheap. Valet. Hold on a second. Is he an alien? He's an alien. He might be. But there's a scene towards the end where they're walking through underground tunnels, 
which explains how a lot of these aliens get around. Da, da, da. Um, is anyone familiar with the history of Los Angeles? Like really familiar with it in terms of, we could very well be standing over an abandoned subway right now. And we, we likely are, more so as you get closer to downtown. But more specifically, if you go to the Hall of Records, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna incriminate myself. If you go to the <laughs> Hall of Records, there is an elevator in a park. And you can go to that elevator and hit the second floor and it will take you downstairs to massive tunnels that are very much depicted in this film. And these, these tunnels were built back during like basically the speakeasy days. These were built to transport criminals to the courthouse. Um, but some of it, who knows? But they're massive tunnels, and they're literally right there. So you can just sit at the second floor and say, oh, oh, I got lost. Uh, but yeah, it's right there. It's pretty cool. But yeah, there are massive uh, abandoned subways. Probably cars as well, but right beneath us. So. Here. Oh, the, the Hall of Records. Hall of Records, okay. Hall of Records. Okay. Take notes, yeah. Field trip and road trip. <laughs> yeah, so I love this film. It holds true forever, much like The Great Dictator. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, when you were saying going in subways, I was like hit with this burst of smell, ah, scents. Ah, yes, scents, uh, and, uh, the and wonderful world of scents. Nostalgia is not just something visual, it can also be something from another sense, right? Some olfactory, as it were. Now, before we get into mine, I just, I have a, sorry, I'm gonna throw a smidge of a curveball, but I'll get to mine in one second. I was walking, we were walking around the, uh, the, the dealer area yesterday. Um, I saw Aliens in the theater when I was eight years old. It's my favorite movie of all time. I hated those Kenner toys that came out in the 90s, because I just wanted to see Colonial Marines. I didn't want to see all this weird stuff. Yeah. But as we were walking around, I saw one of those new NECA updates of the, of the Apone figure that I absolutely hated as a kid because Apone was my favorite character. And he looks really weird in the, the toy, the 90s toy. But I saw that updated version. And I was like, oh, I want that. That's awesome. Reminds me of my childhood. And like, so that nostalgia literally overwrote my feeling of hating that figure. Interesting. And I'm still going to buy it today once we're done. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but for my actual topic that I actually pulled the, the information for. Remember the eight <laughs> like, Paul's like, what is this? Um, we all know olfactory is kind of the, uh, the main thing that kind of can spark the, the quickest remembrance. And I will tell you all, I all grew up eight, playing with He-Man. Playing with He-Man. 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 Wolfman and He-Man. I still do. Still play with it. And Stinkor. Never really stunk, right? He didn't really stink. And if you put him in your, your toy case and everything, everybody would st smell like stink ore. But to this day, I'll walk through the mall, and wh what, is, what is the smell? Patchouli. Patchouli, I never knew that. I never knew that. So I, was, I would walk through the mall and I'd be like, stink ore. Like it would literally <laughs> just be like, I would just remember stink ore, and it, but it's patchouli, so. Stinkle, everybody. And really quick, uh, what I'm about to play, if you can uh, spot a relatively well-known actor in it, uh, we'll give you a $2 late fee and territory mark sticker at the end of this panel. Ew, the evil smell of Stinkor will overpower He-Man. We'll trap that skunk. Man-at-arms, He-Man, Stinkor, and Skeletor figures each sold separately. <laughs> I smell trouble. Man-at-arms cannot escape the evil smell of Stinkor. 
now, He-Man! Smell your own stink, Stinkor! Yar! Stinkor with real smell is new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures each sold separately from Mattel. Smell your own stink, Stinkor! <laughs> so, I want to raise a hand. Do you ever smell Stinkor out in the wild or patchouli and think that that's Stinkor? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I'm not, I am just doing this panel to see if I'm crazy or not. That's it, really. Don't we do podcasts to see if we're crazy or not? <laughs> so hand it down. Paul, what, what's your connection to Stinkor? Stinkor? Oh my God, you don't want to know my connection. <laughs> I, I had this weird ex-girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> she rubbed Stinkor all over her? <laughs> no, she just, I just had this weird fascination with Stinkor. Yeah. And, uh, I will I won't Shooting. share what my nickname was later for her, but it was E-Man related. It's a family uh, show, Paul. I know. That's why I'm afraid. It was weird. Stay don't don't stay in bad relationships, y'all. That's a Stinkor type. Hey. But then she gave me a Stinkor and it had no lost it had lost its its well, same thing. Smell of patchouli can't last forever, I guess. I mean, what can you do, right? But I hung out at all the uh, patchouli stores in the mall because they had cool swords and stuff. So. They did? Yeah, candles. I didn't buy that stuff, just swords. Ninja stores? Yeah, of course. Buy a ninja store at the mall. That's where, that's where you get them. Japan came first. I was going to say, I was going to say, Stinkor uh, was more uh, popular in our house than Moss Man. Yeah. Because Moss Man was the scent of... He was like the tree that you hang in your car. Him. You could feel his like rub him on your face. But the stench was what really drew me in. Oh, it's nauseating. And I had a friend many years later, I walked into his house and reeked a patchouli and reeked a stink. And I said, ah, oh, smells just like it. And he goes, stink or? <laughs> hey, don't ever put Moss Man in the slime pit. You know that. No. We all knew that. Uh, yeah, so I, I never, I was a little too old. Ah, playing toy. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, when these, when, is, I don't want to tell you how old I am, but when, when these came out, I actually was just like, I was just edged You're a little, yeah, just I was, like, I was uh, just a little too old to be playing with toys. My younger brother, however, used to get all the toys that I played with his, but he never got Stinkor, but he did have like He-Man and all the other things, and I devoted to the cartoon. But, so I never had the uh, Stinkor experience. Oh, so that's the, the highlight of every 80s kid. Yeah, I'm actually glad I didn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I still like the smell of patchouli. <laughs> I'll just say one comment. I think that there's a usability flaw in Stinkor because you want to use two hands to, you know, have some action time, but you got to hold your nose. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, right? That's they, they, a really good point. Yes, it's a great point. Thank you. Another <laughs> book about stink words coming up later next year. That's stink. Um, so did anyone? I was going to say, yeah. did, did anybody recognize the, um, the, the actor, one of the actors in that commercial, young child actor at the time, huh? went on to? I yeah. Think I, who you think it is? He didn't go on this one, but he looks oh. like the kid from Poltergeist. Well, there is that kid too. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> that's that's right. right. And I will definitely give you some stickers yeah. at the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. I miss those for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. But there's one more. Who do you think it is? No, it's not Sean Astin, oh, but that's a really good guess. Yes. It's not Seth Green, but that's another good guess too. Yes. Not Christian Bale. Yes. Kurt Russell? Not Kurt Russell. Not Kurt Russell. I will tell you, he was, uh, he's been in a few movies. He was a villain in a Marvel film. 
Um, one of the early Marvel films to come out, courtesy of New Line Cinema. It was a, there was four, I think, of them, or three of what? them. Well, um, I'll give another clue. The suspense is killing me. Also <laughs> in a in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. He is, of yes, course, he is. You love that series. Um, and he Not was in anymore. an '80s film about a child's uh, children that find a geode in their backyard, and little creatures come out of it. The gate. The gate, as anyone knows. He was also in a film called Backbeat. The Marvel film he was in was called Blade. Oh. His name is what? It's Stephen Dorff. That's right, Stephen Dorff. Nice job up in front. <laughs> nice job. Uh, we, we all got there as a team. We all got See, this is what we do on our show. It's always workshopping things. Um, these, we have got like two more. Oh, did you want to say something? Before I forget, I recently just bought the Stinkor, the updated Stinkor figure, yeah. like two days ago. He did. He did. It does not smell. No feature whatsoever. Come on. It's awesome. The articulation's like 30, whatever. Like, I'm going to sit there and articulate. Whatever. However, it doesn't smell, so I'm eh, kind of disappointed, but you know, whatever, $21 Target. I thought it was a find. Spray some patchouli on foil. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, Rub it in my hand. We do a trivia show on $2 Late Fee once a month on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube. And um, he pulled out the stink or Paul pulled out the stink or <laughs> randomly. Uh, we've got don't, don't ever say that. Someone, <laughs> someone wanted me to take it out of the box. True, yes. Um, Diallo is going to talk about something very special. And Diallo, when you tee this up, you want to tee this up, this clip I'm about to play? When oh. the dinosaurs were roaming here <laughs> for the kids, this is, I just play with someone and we play with bro. I don't want to tell you how old I am, but, um, son. So, uh, yeah, so I was uh, obsessed, and I still am to this day, um, a show, a little show that came out of Canada. Um, I will never forget the first day that I watched this show. Um, it was like a, it was like a school holiday or something, and I, turned on the TV in the middle of the day and I was completely blown away and obviously it's called Degrassi Junior High. Um, yeah. May, yeah! Come on, Degrassi people! You Poor may, people! Uh, it transferred into Degrassi High and um, years later it was Degrassi the New Generation, Next Generation, and then they have uh, Degrassi the New Class also, which was on Netflix. And there's a new Degrassi series that's coming. I call it Degrassi Dynasty. I've been watching it forever, and I'm obsessed. Like the here, here it goes. Wake up in the morning, feeling so lonely. Gee, I gotta go to could be a good or bad thing, because without this show, you probably would never have heard of Drake. So, um, I don't know how you feel about him. But, <laughs> um, do you, you have any experience watching the show? I know it's, a, it's pretty obscure, but I used to watch it on PBS growing up myself. 
Everybody wants something. <laughs> it's a band. The Zid Remedy yeah. is probably still my favorite bands. Wow. Uh, Joey Jeremiah. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with you. We don't. Uh, this show, I got really into. Watched them all. Then the then the kids grew up and they had kids and then um, it really is like a like a journey of uh, of the self <laughs> growing up with these with the Degrassi kids. Um, I wish I was Canadian half the time uh, you because of the show and, and health uh, Yeah, and healthcare. And uh, yeah, many other reasons. But um, yeah, man, I I mean. I, I would probably talk way too long about this, so I'll just ask you guys. Oh, you 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 can keep talking because I've never seen it. <laughs> take, take my slot. Kids, this is more, this is more <laughs> back to Dustin. This is more acceptable than you not seeing Roadhouse or any. What? You know. Yeah, well, we were uh -oh. we reviewed Roadhouse on the uh, Two Dollar League Podcasting After Dark crossover episode because I had never seen it's it before. Do you all pile on now? Pile on now. I loved it. The Night Comes Falling by Jeff Healy is a banger of a song, and I've been listening to it almost every day. Ever since. Can we can we can yeah. we do a cheap plug really quick at two o'clock today in room yes, uh, 306 yes. AB? We're going to be doing a uh, scene read of uh, of Roadhouse with Paul Jill Sholin from The Stepfather and many counter popcorn and a bunch of other 80s horror films and Ken Olin from Summer School exactly. and, and me and Dustin. We're, but it's going to be doing a scene read of Roadhouse in room 306 AB. That, and fun fact about Corey, I think you do this on purpose. You say you haven't seen something just to tee it up with the excitement. Yes, <laughs> but I really had never seen it. Yeah. But I, I have seen it now. I love it. Uh, so Dustin, that ate up all of your second uh, time. And uh, <laughs> th thanks for throwing me under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the road. <laughs> on the ride over here today, I was talking about how I watched Degrassi Junior High on PBS. And it was uh, bookended with like EastEnders or something like that back in the day. And that's the only access I had to this Canadian show, which I did not know. It's such a huge following until like T-shirts are now coming out for it. And, and like Zip Cream, is that the name of the band? Zip Remedy. Zip Remedy. Zip Remedy. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin's out. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you all for coming. It's my bad. This um, whole thing was on Zip Remedy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So this is the story of my life. I put my foot in my mouth. Uh, Paul, what's your connection with Degrassi Junior High or lack thereof? Uh, uh, I honestly didn't know it existed until probably a couple years ago. Uh, Did you know Drake was in it? Yes, because I don't. I'm not a fan. Uh, but then I heard like some stuff happens to him. Not to spoil it, and so I'm like, uh, oh, that's anyways. Uh, but I was in a. Um, I was in a Lifetime movie several years ago. What's it called? <laughs> it's called Killer Competition. <laughs> and I play a detective who's useless. Uh, <laughs> and uh, anyways, one of, the, one of the girls in that, who if you watch the trailer, you'll know who the villain is, because they'll show it to you right there. Uh, I think she's like in a modern version of Degrassi now. Oh. So oh, she would like okay. show up and like, Kind of just the hell was the grassy. Okay. Even the hell that is. Cool. So that's my connection. Cool. All right. Nice. Nice. Um, better than my connection. Yeah. <laughs> and and another fun fact: Diallo knows every theme song from every TV show in the '80s. And if you wanna like, he's your go-to karaoke guy. Without the lyrics, he can do it. We're, and I don't know if you heard him over here, but he was 
singing out to Degrassi. It was amazing. Yeah, Does anyone have a request? <laughs> Kids Incorporated. Everybody look around, hear the sound. There's something that's coming your way. There's yeah. something that is new, that is new. Keep going. Now do Jim and the Hologram. <laughs> Which one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Thanks. So we got we have ten more minutes left. We're about to wrap up. We got one more segment. Um, mine. And I had to bring my bag up because I've got a prop to share. So I set the stage for 1987. Uh, Ruby Spears uh, had the Mr. T cartoon back in the day. It didn't do very well, but I still loved it. Um, another cartoon came out in 87 based on the popularity of one man, Chuck Norris. And I showed that as we get, were getting started. The cartoon itself only lasted for a few episodes. One of them involved deadly dolphins. Um, but then the toy line came out around the same time. and. I read Chuck Norris's, I learned to read proficiently by reading Chuck Norris's autobiography from cover to cover. I still have the paperback book. I had to put it in my back pocket when I would go to concerts. It's a great way to, you know, These introduce myself to people. Chuck Norris jeans. Those are Chuck Norris actor jeans. These are two skinny jeans would not exist if it wasn't for Chuck Norris. I just, because uh, there's spandex in the crotch. But Chuck Norris, fun fact. Chuck Norris, uh, you know, he's, he's, whether you like him or not, he's a legendary character. He's an icon. And the cartoon came out. It bombed. The toys came out. I'm going to show you a pre uh, trailer for the toys. And then I might have a prop to share for something well, you'll see. Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Bring it up. Hang it down. Fight watch the beetle wherever they're found. Location Hong Kong Harbor. Assignment, locate smuggled warheads. Oh no, Ninja Warriors. Read nine through three perfect strikes. Up next, Super Ninja. It was my karate against his. And there's up for us, Chemo and the Karate Vet. A flip, a chop, a shot. This ball game was over for now. Kenner's Chuck Norris Karate Commandos, products sold separately. All right, so that was Chuck Norris and his Karate Commandos, and no one clapped because no one probably liked that. But here's the deal. I still own the karate action figures. In fact, I have the entire amount. And I actually have the car, but it was too big to bring. Uh, but I have the toys. And I'll pass them down so they've got action poses. You've got the giant sumo guy. You've got Kimo. You've got Chuck with his uh, back kick. You've got another one here. Uh, and I've got two variations on Super Ninja. Super Ninja. The black version, which is very hard to come by. And of course, and then the red ninja, which is very hard to come by. And of course, the purple ninja, which my son deemed Yahoo Ninja, because my wife was working at Yahoo at the time. And she's like, it looks, he looks like the Yahoo logo. Uh, fun fact, my son's first word he ever said was Chuck. There's no, that's- Much to your wife's chagrin, yes, I'm sure. then it was dad, then it was mom. Just uh, to this day, gets her. Anyways, Chuck Norris and his karate commandos with a K by the way, because that's just cooler. I don't know. Uh, these were so much fun to play with. They were so nostalgic, so silly, and I'm still glad, I'm glad I still have them. So, uh, Dustin, why don't you kick us off with your thoughts? I mean, I'm a, I'm a little thrown by this because this came out when all of us were 18. So, Thank you, eBay. You know, cool. No, I mean, look, Chuck Norris. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, Chuck Norris was, you know, was the, was, he was the king of masculinity in the 80s, and uh, every action movie, 
you wanted to see Chuck. Yeah, and then the cartoon was like, well, yeah, what, what is this? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm, a, I'm a fan of, because there was actually a, a comic book that I have that too. That diverted out, and that for some reason I was I couldn't get enough of. Oh well, yeah. I'll give you mine. Yeah, great, great. <laughs> Diallo, what are your thoughts about Chuck Norris? Yeah, I hear you stutter. Cause you know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Diallo, I have always hated Chuck Norris. <laughs> from the early '80s, from the, the '70s, I always I can't I could not stand him. I, the first time I saw him, he was fighting Bruce Lee, and I was like, "F that guy." <laughs> He transferred, like, he, he, he done, like, cowboys, like, that whole cowboy thing and the martial arts, I just, it just, it drive, it drove me insane. Decade. And a little bit later, we could talk about my celebrity sixth sense that I have, where I can always tell where, I don't know why I hate them, but I hate them, and as it turns out, he's not a great person. <laughs> Corey, what are your Sorry. thoughts about Chuck Norris? Sorry. Great. That's how we wrap it up. That's how we wrap it up on $2 late fee. <laughs> oh, hey, not chemo. Hey. These are collector's items. This is a good Corey, Christian what you man. <laughs> yeah. I, I never had the toys. I never had the comics. I watched the show occasionally, but I did like the toys. I thought they were cool. I actually liked the packaging on the toys. Yes. I thought the art was awesome. But what I want to call out, like how much do we miss those awesome commercials with yes. the little sets for the toys and everything? Yeah. My favorite as a kid was the Adat commercial, and uh, they turned like little styrofoam cups into like the turrets. And I was like, oh. I can do that. Like I can make these sets at home. And to this day, I look at these commercials and I'm just like, I love the sets. I love the little nooks and crannies. What's around that alley? Nothing, but you know, you know, you love it. You love the nooks and the crannies. Anyways, Chuck Norris, whatever. But, <laughs> what do you mean, whatever. You're talking about Chuck Norris, Karate Commandos with a K. Two Ks. Save us, Paul, save us. This is awesome, look at this. Could you imagine Three. Chuck Norris wearing this? This is like a futuristic bondage armor. <laughs> I don't even know where this is going. That's his training geek. That's his training geek. Can I show you the action on him? By the way, I can't figure it out. If you push down on his leg, he does a back. Push down on his trick leg. <laughs> back break it. I noticed all these figures do back kicks. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't remember. Anyways, if you're looking for a badass Chuck Norris movie, uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid is probably one of the greatest Western action films you've ever seen, and it's what gave birth to the Texas Walker Ranger TV series that went on and on and on and on and got crappier as the season. Yeah, However, Lone Wolf McQuaid, you got. Uh, David Carradine doing Kung Fu in an Argyle sweater. It's Kung Fu awesome. Tai Chi. It's so good. Yeah. Kung Fu Tai Chi. You'll thank me later, but that's, you don't talk about, about Chuck. I'm from Texas, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, Invasion USA is a Christmas movie. Invasion USA is a Christmas movie. That's right. Take place yeah. on Christmas. Uh, thank you. I, I got to acknowledge, we got to acknowledge in the back. Hey. So uh, we got to. Yeah. Yes, thank yeah. You. So uh, I just want to say, first of all, Thank you for coming today. This is so wonderful to look out and see people in the audience and like smiling. Thank you all. Having a good time. And the cosplayers and the colors. I 
like how cool is it that we're at Comic-Con and we get to celebrate the things we love? You know, whether it's cool to someone else and you don't dig it, or whether you really dig it and someone else is not into it. Are you watching a football game? Watch football. My point is like nostalgia doesn't doesn't matter what other people think. If you love it, that's all that matters, right? It's it's I always use the uh, dude who said it so eloquently. That's just like your opinion, man. Like whatever you did, you did. If you loved it then, if you love it now, that's all it. That's right. We're two dollar late podcasting after dark. Galacta actually, uh, territory marks. Paul, did you want to say one more thing? Be nice. Yes. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Hey, if you like retro, check out our buddy Max at Ready to Retro Podcast as well. Listening to the Geekscape Network.